just listen. This is episode 19, Fight the Neighbors. You're listening to some old school in a daydream. It's the first song I ever wrote back in the Dizzy when I was 17. Had Micah Cottner on this episode. Um, we talked about a lot of shit. Um, Micah is in a new band called Solemn Judgment, and they are playing on August 26th. At Sanctuary Detroit, and they're also playing Stress Fest Detroit, uh, September 13th. So check them out, and for any local shows, obviously you're going to want to check out um, Church Street Booking and Out of This World Booking. And uh, that's really all I have to say. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, subscribe to the podcast, follow the podcast. If you go on Spotify, if you're listening, I feel like most of you guys listen on Spotify. I love this part. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just subscribe, follow, you know all that shit. Enjoy this funky little bass line before it goes away and the episode starts. Um, enjoy episode 19, Mikey Kotner, Brian Porter, rambling about nonsense and the occasional poignant thought. Here we go. rolls for people though that's or like the little hershey's kisses or whatever that's fair and i feel like that would be kind of weird like hey come do my podcast here's chocolate yeah probably not and like a velvet pillow or something ah uh, yeah i don't think i need pillows uh, sure talk. uh oh, yeah talking talking this is the best part of the podcast yeah okay what's up cat oh yeah we're good at yeah we'll be shit, fine dude. we're good hell yeah so where are you from um, Ypsilanti, born and raised. Oh, uh, really? yeah, haven't made it far. So, uh, yeah, been, you know, EMU student, went to Milan for high school. Oh, that's, that's precious. So, yeah, it's, it's weird because at the time there was a big, like, backcountry deathcore scene. Really? So, yeah. Uh, mingled with like the heroin scene kinda I guess I don't know I'm sure no I just know those things are really prevalent yeah like, yeah yeah well I mean honestly I you know like we'll talk about a band and I'll talk to someone from high school and they'll be like oh yeah he's on so much coke now it's like alright yeah I guess that makes sense you are the front person of a band called Fetus Eater uh, <laughs> uh, yeah yep um Literally, that and I people all a bunch of goth kids rolling around with shirts, fetus eater, and yeah, scar the skies. And I don't remember any of the other ones, but all like, with like the font, it's like they're having oh, a yeah. contest trying to like see who can be the least readable. Oh, it rules. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I that was that was a fun game on uh, this tour I just got home with because we're I'm playing with a beatdown band where it's like varsity font, uh, kind of. <laughs> Uh, like it's, a, it's, it's hardcore specifically meant for beating each other's asses too. Um, it's a good time. Pornhub fucking category. Yeah. <laughs> P-Town. Uh, <laughs> uh, that sorta, yeah. I guess. You could get in there. Um. <laughs> I just love like, 
one of my favorite genre. I love all the different like genre terms or the genre names and like sludge mm. is one of my favorites. Oh yeah. I don't know what any of them really mean. Or like what was the one? Uh Grindcore. Oh where yeah. It's like thirty second songs. It's beautiful. It's the best thing on earth. It's my it's one of my unironically one of my favorite uh kinds of music. Like uh number twelve looks like you mm-hmm. or if you remember them. Oh of course. Of course. Uh the one around here was See You Next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, um, I was just about to say. Yeah, a couple of them, I think a few of them might live not far from Ypsilanti, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know they were from around here. Cause yep, like Michigan band, Detroit-based, I think. was like the introduction to me in eighth grade, I think, realizing what that means. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. oh that's clever. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, that was... I'm uh, 13. <laughs> that was, yeah, very much a, gr- a fantastic time for extreme music where it was a bunch of people who barely knew how to play guitar went, wouldn't this be funny? Are you talking about Seaholm? <laughs> I'm just joking. I mean, we can. <laughs> if we really want to get into that. But no. <laughs> uh, no, Pat's very talented. But uh, these kids that were just like, wouldn't it be funny if we made music that sounded like bees fighting? And then it turns out everyone fucking loved it. So then they had to make a follow-up album. Oh, that's tight. And then now they're still kind of paying the rent <laughs> off of a uh, off of a uh, body part joke. That's the dream. I Honestly, like. I wish I could. Not necessarily the body part joke part. I mean, maybe. I mean, you're a fan of the front bottoms. <laughs> kind of. That that is a dick joke, straight up. So is it really front I thought, bottom? Now I thought it was like uh, I thought it was like when people are like morbidly obese and like they have like the belly that like breaks down like over the belt, or, like a front butt sort of thing. I I could see it being like that, but when you start a band when you're 17, you're probably gonna yeah. go straight to dick instead of yeah, a, a little fair. more eloquent. Also, I'd like to think I'd like to think that Brian Sella is more of a pervert, and not like fat shaming <laughs> anybody. Yeah, you know? yeah, that makes that. Makes I'll have sense. some. I'll have a little bit of faith in the man. Yeah, I saw them live one time. It was like the well. Uh, this might piss people off. I was at two of their shows, only stayed for one of them because, like, I saw them with Manchester Orchestra okay. recently, and I'm just not a big Front Bottoms fan. Uh, but they were co-headlining with Manchester, which okay, is okay. like my favorite active band, and uh, they Manchester played first that night. So, like, me and uh, my uh, girlfriend at the time, Jen, who's now like basically my life partner slash life manager, um, sure. <laughs> uh, we were just like, let's get out of here. <laughs> um, and like I, but the first time I saw them was uh, pre brand new cancellation. Uh, when I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brand new is my favorite band of all time, and secretly musically, I still fucking love them. But like, you know, it's just you can't really, can't really excuse what they went into. No, but, absolutely not. But um, you can write a good song and still be a terrible human being. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I.e. Woody Allen with movies like hmm. uh, Harvey Weinstein, all these like yep. brilliantly talented people are yeah. dirtbags sometimes. Oh yeah. But like Front Bottoms and Modern Baseball toured with Brand mm-hmm. New, which was such a weird I combo. Yeah, I uh, uh, funny you mentioned Seaholm already. I uh, Pat was at that show as well. Oh, really? And he was just like, it was the weirdest spread. It made no sense. And yeah, it does. Like, I've seen the front bottoms twice. I'm a big folk punk kid. So, like, eventually you kind of just, like, fall into the front bottoms in one direction and in, in, in some capacity just because yeah. they were they are so big. And 
they definitely had like their shtick that was like interesting when it first came out. Yeah, oh yeah, it's it's super. I still will say that like in terms of simplistic songwriting, Talent of the Hawk is one of the oh, most yeah. impressive. Excuse me, pop rock records. Yeah, it's super good. Around like, and I think the fact that there's a lot of people who don't like it, it kind of can show that it it its significance and like. Yeah, I'm definitely not one of those chuds that's like, oh, you know, it's music for girls or it's like it's yeah. it's dumb music because it's not. It's, it's definitely not. It's clever. He, it's he he was he definitely has a very interesting look on the world and. Yeah, it it charged people. So I uh, the first time I saw the front bottoms was at like three p.m. at this festival in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Called uh, Skate and Surf. I feel like I've it's, heard of that. It used to be like a big time punk festival. When I saw them, the Gaslight Anthem and the Dropkick Murphys were the headliners. Oh, okay. And you know, front bottoms are from Jersey. Oh, I didn't and know so that. this was kind of their hometown show right before their. Uh, not the newest record, but the record before that, just right before that drops. So I hadn't really been doing much. And oh my God, I had, I was more afraid for my life during that set than when I went and watched terror, which is like this big macho hardcore band. Yeah. Okay. I from, see what you're getting. Coast. At. like people were just, they mosh. It, was, it the was fucking front bottoms. It wasn't even <laughs> moshing as much. I don't care about moshing. I got, I, I've yeah, been I guess punched it's in, different. I've been punched in the face. I've been elbowed in the neck. That's all fine. It's more about these people that are like, clawing to get to the front i have <laughs> that the front bottoms and title fight are two bands that i do not particularly want to see live if i'm not side stage in some capacity uh, okay. because those are the two times i've almost gotten like hospitalized at a show because someone almost gouged my eye out wow um, and she was probably 13 i'm guessing uh, probably the the, <laughs> the, the, the the title fight fan was not the title fight was like some dude oh at, really at their when they played at Bloodfest grabs onto my head to push himself up during their their big song head in the ceiling fan and i could feel his eye oh. his, or his his uh hand curling oh, around that like uh, beneath my eyebrow and he was still going and i don't i'm not a huge person but i'm not a weak person either so i'm fine right. with people crowd surfing off of me that is one of the few times for my own safety, not someone else's safety, that I have like actively grabbed someone and threw them onto the ground. Wow. Like, no, you're gonna. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah, losing yeah. an eye. This is a good song. I'm not losing my eye for this song. Right. Sorry if that gives me less punk cred. Yeah, I feel like from Warp Tour, I have a lot of memories of people <laughs> yeah. who like. Oh, nobody has any respect at Warp Tour. Yeah, and and like, I'm not one to like shame anybody. I think for their body or whatever. But some people, I feel like, maybe don't have any awareness of, like, how much mass they have. And, like, they're trying to, like, use you to, like, put themselves, like, someone, like, twice my size will try to, like, without asking me, will try to, like, use me to, like, crowd surf or yeah. something. And I'm like, okay, this isn't, Yeah. I mean, at least ask and I'll, maybe yeah. I'll help you and try to find a friend. But when you're just, like, ugh, like, yeah. using me as, like, a... Oh, yeah. And I, like, I don't think there's such a thing as too big to crowd surf. You just gotta be, you just gotta kind of bring it around like yeah you have these, to like plan it out a little like, bit kind of like be yeah smarter about it yeah again like wonder years and uh citizen shows with these six foot dudes are yeah. like trying to step through over your shoulders like dog like you're skinny but there's a lot of you yeah, and there's yeah exactly. like, like the older i get the more i understand that like weird rant that joyce manorant went on a couple years ago about uh crowd surfers and stage divers it was like oh. a huge thing and like at first, you know, I was on there. I was like, oh, come on, quit being 
quit quit being sticks in the mud, but just like no, people get really hurt yeah. over like 30 seconds of some dude being kind of selfish if we're being honest. Yeah, like yeah, for sure. Stage diving is fun, but it's it's a self-serving act. Like yeah. I was, you know, uh this band Three Week Old Roses that I just got off the road with would actively do mosh calls and like ask people for like you know like, like let's get, let's get some stage dives in and i went one time and my <laughs> knee literally bounced off of some dude's head and like he was fine i was fine but it was like if that was like a a teenager or something and not like some massive dude like that would have been terrible right right because it was just this moment of like i started running and he started running and like we were both just excited and next thing you know like <laughs> i just the complete wrong thing happened yeah. And I like to think of someone else who can handle myself. So God forbid I was like drunk or just like right. less, d- hadn't been doing Christ. this for way too long. I'm not even going to count it. Yeah. That's, oh, wow. Yeah. I've like, I've been to some pretty crazy shows, but like I'm, I'm usually the one that like will stand there and watch the people go nuts. Like I've learned to like put the, I went to an every time I die show one time at the loft, which was awesome. Like by the end of it, everyone was like on stage. There was like uh-huh. more people on the stage than there were off of it, which was a lot of fun, but it was like the last song yeah, or whatever. But, and I've been, you know, I've seen like Norma Jean and like, you know, I like seeing heavy bands under mm-hmm. oath it was an awesome show, but like still probably the most annoying crowd as far as like, this is annoying because I can't get out of it. And I'm just like being subjected yeah, yeah. to all the physicality was probably the front bottoms. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it can be kind of a bummer. I uh, even had that experience um, with Jeff Rosenstock. Like I personally didn't care, but I couldn't, but I can only imagine like if I wasn't feeling yeah. a crowd like that, how absolutely miserable I would be because you know, his it's it's the same deal where it's just like it's music that speaks to you viscerally and that's ultimately like when this stuff is happening and when i'm like you know the you know the my partner a smaller friend that gets shoved around and i'm like i'm gonna intervene yeah i have to sort of thing it's like it's because this music means so much to them like there's a especially being around more and more hardcore shows there are people who are just trying to like swing their weight around but yeah. when you see yeah. these like poppy punk bands it's usually because these guys these these kids are just excited yeah and that's that's the beginning and end and like that's cool yeah and that's know. that's sort of how i want to look at it and like also not to say that doesn't exist in hardcore because that's ex- that that like with th- I'll, I'll probably bring them up a lot but that's the same thing with three week old roses is like they don't really make music to fight people to <laughs> they really just make really passionate hardcore music that ident that a lot of people identify with myself included yeah. and so you just kind of can't help yourself yeah sometimes yeah i could see that and so yeah. is that the band that you're in or are you touring with them? that was the band i was touring with so three week old roses invited um my band that I'm now in, Solemn Judgment, out on tour okay. before I joined. Um, but I have done oh, I got the you, I got I've done the lion's share, all but one of the Solemn Judgment shows. So, oh okay. Unless I'm going home, with drums, some real right? weird news. Yep, on drums. Okay. Uh, I am the. I watched you. Uh, I watched you play drums in uh, Seaholm, I think. 
Probably. And it was at the ball pit when um when Summer Bruce played. Oh while yeah, back. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was really fun watching you play drums. Like you were it was, I liked your style a lot. Like I, you're really energetic. Yeah, I hit good. I hit hard. And like you kept standing up and shit. And I was just like, Oh, that's what I like to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh unfortunately Solemn Judgment is very involved and very um like technical and stuff. Not so much technical, but just our lead vocalist Marissa is she's a she's a monster but she's also very much a storyteller so my job is to not fuck up and really make sure that the story gets told correctly and she can't do that as well if i'm like shredding and seaholm at least when i was in seaholm and at least when connor and i were in seaholm was a party band i can't speak to how they are now but like you know good songs but our goal statedly was let's be as wild as we possibly can let's just yeah like, that's you know that's why it was just a million jokes a minute i think now they just cover my chemical romance probably i <laughs> yeah pat's got another band that three beers for sweet revenge or whatever yeah i was talking to uh <laughs> joe who i know is also in that band joe from uh Vena morris and it's like yeah there's there's definitely something there for that and my chemical romance wrote some bangers so oh yeah Good yeah. for them, you know. Yeah, they played over at uh, at Luther Fest or whatever. I didn't, oh yeah, that I just went down. Yeah, I didn't stick around. I played. Uh, well, Pat asked me to play like two days before it happened. Okay, I was interviewing. I might have even done it on the podcast. That sounds like yeah. That sounds about right. I've I've definitely pulled that before, where I'm just like in the middle of work and just like, hey, you want to play a show? Yeah, <laughs> it was um, cool. I mean, it was it was like he as much as he's like a mortal enemy of mine now, like he keeps giving me show offers. I'm like, yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. Bring me, you know, bring me all the shows. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was, I was bummed. I didn't get to stick around. Cause like, I was just, well, honestly, I, I was tired as fuck. Yeah. I'm, I'd been there all day. I, uh, yeah, I, the, those co-op festivals are uh, no joke. It was sweaty as shit mm-hmm. too. It was like, it was like one of those like 95 degree days. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, um, I played, two sets last year one with Seaholm and one with um kind of a weird solo bastardization of complainer oh okay i was band. yeah i'm curious how that would like translate because i saw oh. you play uh at that one show that we did together over, mm-hmm. over at atlantis right yeah um well what i do is i take everything into midi and i make nintendo sounds out of it oh really and i just play as guitar as loud as i can over it and it's just very weird huh. and it was so sweaty, like my guitar would not stay on my body, <laughs> and um, I funny. don't. I straight up don't remember the Seaholm set. What I do remember is having a picture of a canvas hat that I would wear. That was kind of a fun thing to do because you could like see where the sweat ring goes. Yeah. Because so it was it was uh br- it was light brown, but it would like you could see where the dark brown ring was, and that set the entire hat was a darker shade of brown nice the entire, i have never sweat through an entire hat before i That's think i ended up having to throw that hat away so wonderfully disgusting it was horrifying <laughs> and then we decided to stay up until five in the morning not even like doing anything i think we were literally just watching like fail videos or something like that at pat's oh, apartment yeah. that'll happen yeah so i you know i just got off of a fail video. like the the back half of a full u.s tour with a hardcore band which means insane drives but i still think that was one of the most yeah i feel like to me there's not as many markets for it not as many like show opportunities or um, so you have to drive farther 
it's more it was more about covering the most ground and seeing okay. the most people because also we did this during a hurricane so we oh, were like well. we had a show in new orleans and we had to cancel it because we're not no we don't want that risk right, anyway, right, right. we when we arrived in panama city there were several buildings that were shut off yeah be, or, and like lots of power lines still down and like you know so we just like that was part of the factor but i think especially in the south like there's always going to be these there's going to be pocket communities of angry people who are relatively radical oh yeah um and hardcore gets a bad rap but i think when it's good it's the best oh it's some of my favorite shit when it's like the good ones yeah like, like like you know forever props to bands like every time i die for keeping it kind of yeah. in the mainstream conversation oh God, but so really like the stuff that's interested me the most and kind of like solemn judgment uh reminds me of it uh, uh like ideologically is stuff like the hers collective or they're broken up now like gloss or limp rest um are these like I these are all I don't know any of like the un, more underground bands like I know like the mainstream ones and yeah. some of the smaller ones but when it comes to like lesser known hardcore I don't know shit so a lot of that is so the caveat no musical genre has ever made up musical genres has nothing to do with like how the people who play the music identify as but right right uh, a lot of the bands that I just mentioned are punk and hardcore bands comprised of either entirely or for the most part of queer folks okay so gloss stands for girls living outside of society shit also three s's wait outside girls oh never mind i counted the s and outside because i'm smart (laughs) but and it was just it's just this crazy high energy heavy shit that's just like um you know lots of calls to power and my friend described, and it's pretty accurate, described the Hearst Collective as trans revenge fantasies over Slipknot riffs. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's the heaviest band. It's their, their vocalist is this trans woman who is just the angriest person. And it rules. And Lip Wrist is, um, I think, four queer folks. And I'm not exactly how, sure how they identify. The same deal, just the highest energy stuff the music is just manic so i have a question so like you as somebody who identifies as like Mm non-binary do you you i mean naturally you're gonna know more about uh like the representation of queer folks on whatever like in different genres of music do you feel like the distribution among the different genres is fairly even or do you feel like there's a lot more like like the hardcore like any particular genres where there's a lot more representation i think um it's very hard to say i think there's been more of an uptick in the sort of indie pop emo sphere just because it's it's softer um and like it it can a lot of just a lot of pop stars are just androgynous in the first place if i had to guess i truly don't know but it definitely seems like the bands that are really popping off have at least some queer members like i can't think i can think of very few uh currently up and coming on a national scale emo bands that don't have at least a member who is queer yeah. and they're not super loud about it because you know 
Yeah, no, I, I legitimately can't. And that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and or it's at least gotten to the point where you just cannot assume. Um, yeah, that's fair. The, the band Taking Meds comes to mind. But first of all, one of Skylar, their uh, lead vocalist, best friend is uh, Luke from Teenage Halloween, who's non-binary. So at the very least, Scott, uh, he is a very um, uh, he is a very you know prominent ally. And I also don't know. I I I met them once. Never did a pronoun check because I fucked up, and I I do that all the time. I forget yeah. to ask. Yeah, I do too. And like that, you were you were cool about it, like yeah. letting me know beforehand, like mm-hmm. that you're like you you go as like they or them, and uh, that you know how I talk, which yeah, is funny. It's like that's yeah, that's the thing. Well, so um, I, I can I'll, I'll tell you how kind of. So obviously was going through the South, going through with a bunch of hardcore dudes, a bunch of older guys who just, it yeah. doesn't always click with them. Yeah. So for the people in the van, I, uh, we, I, I got these, uh, foam nunchucks right before tour and we were like, and they all decided, I was like, look, I'm going to fuck this up, but I don't want it to be a conversation. I was like, okay, we're just going to tally every time you call me a man or he, and I'm just <laughs> going to hit you with these nunchucks <laughs> right. and I get to choose when. So the entire tour, you're like, yeah. So I was talking to him, and you go, "That's a nunchuck." He's like, "Yeah," because the way I see it is like it's it's fine most of the time. But if you're truly sorry, let me hit you. Yeah, and, you know, I think one of the most important things to to recognize is someone's intent. Oh, exactly. You know and what that's I mean? yeah. That's if why there's no malintent. Then yeah, like do something funny, like ex- like have you know you're you're not like um just being super. Uh, particular not i'm trying to struggle to find the right word but you're it's, not like super strict about it like you want to be called what you want to be called yeah. but like if someone slips up it's like you understand right that as long as they're trying right i want to be heard and i want to feel safe and i want to educate people but i don't need to be like coddled i guess yeah like, okay be, i'm sure you've seen it on the internet some Absolutely. of the most annoying shit on the world is when people misgender someone and then they just like get called out on it and they just go on this tirade about how they're an ally and yeah like, people are being yeah. too hard on them it's just like and that's where it comes that's where the <laughs> if you're truly this sorry shut up let me just slap you once it's fine yeah like it would be the same thing as if you like stepped on my foot and just shove you off it's yeah and like it's ultimately fine just like it's like you're not tearing apart someone's character yeah, yeah you made a, like, a mistake and yeah you're truly yeah. sorry on it. it's like a slap on the wrist or in our case like a open back toy nunchuck yeah right yeah uh, i just it for yeah. me it's like it's been something that like i've been uh adjusting to not that it's like a difficult adjustment i think it's really funny that when there's people that are like have adamant resistance no, to those it. people are babies yeah those I'm, people are straight up babies yeah i'm like well it doesn't affect you though you know mm-hmm. it doesn't affect you that like people want to just be like considered exactly what they want and then i love the people too i mean we won't talk about like science and this shit like all day but i love the people who think that there's only two genders blah, blah, yeah, like, yeah. No, you're thinking of sex and there's also yeah. more than those because exactly, like yeah there's like different chromosomal patterns more there's more than just like xx and xy like mm-hmm. there's actually like third chromosomes like there's like yeah. different mixtures of chromosomes that oh, like yeah, actually mean there's way more than two genders like, yeah like <laughs> it's science by a lot yeah the it, it's it, yeah it's just one of those things where it's like there i mean there are people who think like climate change doesn't exist so i yeah. can't be too surprised when people are like 
the 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 science says this. And it's like no, it really doesn't. It's just you read the book. No, it's like <laughs> you, you just like if you're really pro science, remember that science updates. Like otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, you're just turning your 2001 science textbook into the new Bible, yeah. and that just doesn't work. But also, either. we've known this shit since probably like at least the 50s. We've about, we've like, there's, there's, I don't know, but I know we've known it for a long ass. Yeah, time. it's it's not the most unbelievable thing in the world if you do the smallest modicum of effort. Yeah, but people don't want to do that, and people will get this idea in their head that these that like people are somehow using it to hurt other people or to get ahead yeah. or like there's always going to be this absurd nonsense and athletics about it that I don't even want to get into. Yeah. That'll, well, there's always resistance to any sort of like civil rights movement. And this is right. in its own way, a civil rights movement. It is. You know? it, it is. Um, people just want to be like comfortable Right. being who they are and not like being persecuted it's it's very basic it's it's you know? yeah it, it's it's not as hard as people want to make it but and that's sort of my thing is just like i uh i know i present very masculine and i just generally have thicker skin about this kind of stuff so i can sort of take the bullet and i think a lot of just gender stuff is very absurd i um like to get a little personal my main thing about it is just like the whole thing feels stupid <laughs> um and just nothing makes sense in that so we're just gonna throw it all out the window and i identify as nothing there are people who are gender fluid but for me it's very much just like none of it works so i'm huh. i am a void when did you like start realizing like the um it's been kind of a process over two years. Okay. Um, I, yeah, um, a couple years ago, I was seeing someone who is non-binary and they wrote some essays about it that I read and some stuff stuck out to me. Like they mentioned they had in their essay, gender is, uh, can be like an outfit that just doesn't quite fit right. Yeah. And yeah. You have to like make all these adjustments and stuff to make it your own or you can just have a different outfit. Yeah. Um, and that's always stuck with me. And I also completely butchered that if they ever listen to this. Um, but, and sort of just thinking about that. And then one day on a tour with Seaholm and, uh, Parkway in Columbia, I was sitting there with their drummer at the time who was complainers bassist Nick LaForge of, uh, gray matter. So like we were close and Nick is non-binary, and uh, we were just talking about gender and stuff. And I had been using they, he, which is another um, where I was like, oh, you know, like they still feels pretty good, but I think I might still be a boy. And then I was just talking about it, and I was uh, we were in Indianapolis at playing this show that uh, Mike from Summer Ruse actually had asked us to play. Oh, okay. And we were just sitting there, and I was surrounded by all these other queer folks because the indie punk scene, especially at that time, was very, very queer. Yeah. And um, I just like had this click because I was just talking about how nothing masculine really made sense. I was like, I think I'm fully non-binary. And so that day, I just like kind of threw out on a now dead Twitter account, like, "Hey, they them only, please." And uh, sort of just been muddling through that ever since. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's it, it it all it makes sense to me. Like I I see it um 
as like a spectrum Mm -hmm. you know like a lot of it's all based on like what traditional traits are like what are what traits are traditionally masculine and traditionally feminine and like i have a lot of traits that would be considered like traditionally like uh, attributed to females sure yeah like high empathy like emotional you know what i mean and like i i'm not like uh i don't have like a lot of like super competitive stuff like i don't have like right you know what i mean like and i just but I, that doesn't make me feel any less of like a man quote unquote mm-hmm. i i just think it's silly to think that like if if you exhibit all of the uh traditionally quote unquote masculine traits that makes you more of a man than somebody who is like me where it's like i accept like i i enjoy the things about me that make me masculine and then i enjoy the things about me that would right. make me more feminine because it's just like I grew up with a bunch of girls. I have a bunch of sisters. I don't have any brothers. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm more in, in touch with a lot of like emotions, and I think it's hilarious when guys aren't in touch with their emotions at all. Yeah, and, and they're afraid of it. I'm like, dude, that makes you like more of it, a wuss. It, yeah, it makes it, <laughs> you it, know. It, it, yeah, it honestly does make it a lot harder. And it is that is like the the interesting thing about meeting punks that are a little bit older than me because they're just like they're kind of just now figuring it out, but it's so deeply rooted in them to be kind of a bro about everything yeah. it's 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 fun so let me ask you this like um i know you said that you uh you like uh educating people but has it ever got does it ever get annoying does it ever feel like it comes up like by default uh honestly no because i think um i'm pretty loud about it and okay. i don't also fully fit I fit enough of the mold that a lot of people probably have in their head about a non-binary person then that I'm thin and I dress fairly androgynously, but I also dress like still kind of the average emo dude to an extent. Um, I think if I started being more outwardly feminine, uh, people would maybe ask it more, but it's one of those things where it's just like I've... I used to say I speak douche. <laughs> yeah. Um... So just like if someone's speaking out of pocket, I'll just either completely bowl them over with being like condescending or aggressive, which anyone who's known me for more than a month knows I can be a very intense person when I want to be. Yeah, I can uh, see that. Um, That's so, from your like performances. Yeah, it's in everything. And it's absolutely gotten me in trouble before. And it's like, thank God I'm in therapy. But yeah, um, gotta love it. So it's it can be tiring but it's kind of like i don't know it's kind of like yard work or something where it's like it's tiring but you know it's doing something and if it's not doing something you fucking stop it like i don't i've definitely had moments where people have engaged with me about stuff and i've like pointed it out because it's not just about gender it's also about um general safety in the punk scene and i maintain that um if especially if you consider yourself an ally but it really is the job of any act any party who is not actively being oppressed in that moment to call out that oppression so oh, yeah. if you're cisgender Otherwise and someone you're kind is of enabling exactly so yeah. if you're cisgender and people are just misgendering people all over the place it's your job as a cisgender person in this community to call that out um i'm white so if people are being outwardly racist i have no reason to not call that out because I am, I'm safe. I'm, I'm not being affected by this persecution in any way. Right. Therefore it is my responsibility, um, as 
someone who likes to consider themselves an ally to address that shit in one way yeah. or another. Like it doesn't always need to be physical, but I, I certainly think I shouldn't be above that. And I definitely shouldn't be above calling it out. I also think that there's like, I agree with what you're saying. I also think there's like a line where, and this isn't like a majority. I think that's like a vocal minority, but people like becoming offended on behalf of people who like don't need it. Oh yeah. yeah. You know yeah. I, I mean, mean, there's, and that's where it comes into like turning it into a discussion rather than just immediately jumping down people's throats. Yeah. You're canceled because like they yeah, said well, one, you know what I mean? Cancel culture is lazy. Yeah, but, exactly. um, it is. It is. Like people not, don't want to have conversations. They yeah. just want a virtue signal and be and show yeah, everyone what yeah. a good person it's, they are. It's, it's, it's really easy to just say this person's a bad person and move on, but to have a discussion about what they're doing wrong. Requires effort. Yeah. And cause because that's sort of like where I've stood now is like direct action is uh, more necessary than ever. And that's why I'll have these conversations. But it's also kind of why I've been working on getting more assertive. So if it comes down to it, if someone's being a problem and refuses to learn, I need to be able to physically remove them. Yeah, especially that's been, running a venue. Like, yeah. You um, know. And like the hardcore scene has taught me that because I met uh, met this dude, Walker. Uh, down in Florida. Uh, honestly, shouts out to all of Duval, but um, all that fucking forever. They had this guy who was outed as an abuser, wouldn't leave a show, oh, and so like on. ten of them just jumped him. Like, if <laughs> he's mean, not gonna listen, just kick his ass. I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, get him out. I'm, I hear you. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not opposed. Like, I am extremely pro Nazis getting punched. <laughs> uh, Anyone who's like. Straight up, if like, you're, if, 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 if you're you take, a Nazi, you're an open Nazi, if, yeah, like, if, fuck you, dude. <laughs> if, if you are on, if you're fully unapologetic of making people feel unsafe, you deserve to get hit. Um, I don't like fighting for the sake of fighting, but I think it's important for people to feel safe by any means necessary. Yeah. So that's why, like, at the very least, I'm so willing to, like, at least hear people out um, and call it out if people are, like... Because it also doesn't need to be like a whole conversation. Like if someone uses, you know, again, uh, with older people, some people still use the R word. And oh, just yeah, like, yeah. you can just be like, I hate that. Please don't say that. Yeah. You don't need to make it a whole thing. If they turn it into a whole thing, then you move from there. But sometimes all it is, is people who want to do well, slipping back into old vernacular and going, oh shit. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this again. Yep been guilty of that i everyone you know? is i yeah. anyone who i don't trust anyone who didn't have an edgy phase oh yeah i i think it oh, i think yeah. it rounds you out not saying everyone needs to like go full uh full icp or uh <laughs> right like again i'm like I'm, I'm i'm into all that stuff still and like but the i think i think having some sort of experience with like darker shit makes you a more well-rounded person um, oh yeah and that's definitely all so. of you mentioned my venue we want to uh, all of the dragon's den is like that where it's like we all can't kind of we're all a bunch of edgy queer kids who are just trying to make the safest place possible for people to see music so uh is this your house where you live yep it's where I, it's where i live and um, who else is it just you or you got roommates over I've there got, uh, i've got a whole bunch of roommates um the two show people the bulk of it is me, but it was started uh, by my roommate Harley. Okay. Uh, before I even lived there, um, Harley and I played this show 
with this touring trans musician named Ryan Casada in my friend Daniel's basement. And they were enamored. Just They were like, this yeah. is so cool. There's so many right. people just hanging out in this basement making music. And it doesn't sound like shit. Right. And That's the coolest just, fucking thing when like, it's like sweet band is and it's just, hanging. It's such a fun time. Hi, Mookie. Yeah, like when uh, those were like some of the funnest, most fun shows I've had were the one we had that venue Atlantis over at Julian's house. Uh-huh. And Julian just stopped wanting to, he was like wanting to go back to school and all that stuff. So he just basically got out. And once he got out, there was like, okay, no more, no more Atlantis. But we had like, we had like four shows there. And the one you played uh, with, with me and four, yeah. And then former critics was yeah. there and uh, we had a fuck ton of bands actually. That was a, it was a big bill. Yeah. And then like fun, past life came from Philly, like the, the, the day before. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Mr. Moon and punch punk punch drunk tag along there's like five bands i played at least it was it was, it was quite an event it was a good time but yeah those those are fun i don't miss running venue running shows though oh. i don't miss it at all like i like going to them but like i don't miss being the guy who's like in charge of making sure everything runs smoothly i don't envy your position at all i'm i don't know how i feel i'm i uh enough people have told me i'm good at it i think i'm just gonna believe them yeah, I could see that. Like you were, uh, well, you okay? So, for instance, when Complainer was was going on, you made it easy for me because I didn't really have to like. Uh, some bands need to be like coddled a little bit, not yeah, coddled, but like they be... they need help like figuring out like the mixer and stuff and like right, the inputs. Yeah. You just came up to the mixer and I just let you do your thing. Yep. And, like you just like rerouted it. I'm like, okay, good. And now after the fact, I figured out that you were the one that ran Dragons Den. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so that makes perfect sense. You know, right. not that you have to run a venue to know how to run a mixer. Right. But, it, but oftentimes it, it, all, it you find out. Yeah. And I could just just uh I'm an eavesdropper and I just heard you talking to your band and like just the way you kind of uh you just have like an authoritative presence. You know, Other what I mean? taskmaster, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, I'm I'm trying to outgrow that. But I think it's important to know what you want. Um I have that mode for sure, like when it comes to like my own band's rehearsals and things yeah. like that. And like, I, I definitely am type a when it comes to that, like, oh you know God. what I mean? Yeah. Like I need to be in control of things that are mine. So like, yeah, if, yeah. In yeah. a daydream, the podcast, things like that. I can play in other people's bands and be totally subservient. But if it's something I'm plastering my name on, it's like, I have like this complex almost where I like, I it, need to be yeah. the showrunner, um, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I get that. And like, honestly, that's kind of why uh, uh, Complainer ended because it was just it kind of through a few incidents kind of came to a head and it made me kind of look and go, all right, well, now this is no longer making this. This is kind of feeling my uh, inner theater director sort of like really bursting through. I don't know if you were a theater kid, but if you ever. No, I, I, I should have been, honestly, but there's there's it's I don't know. There's definitely this thing where it's just like. It's like a high school play, but the director is just going ape shit over. It's like, <laughs> dude, we're fifteen. Like, calm down. Like, yeah, I. It's like it's gonna be fine, but it's just live like, vicariously, kind of yeah. or something. But it's just like way too intense for this matter at hand. And it was just like definitely like it was a lot of pressure on me, and it was just like it was tough. And I was just like, I'm just. I'm very um, definitive about some stuff where I'm just like, I'm going to end this and then figure it out later. And yeah. we played Bloodfest. It was amazing. How, yeah. How was that, by the way? I didn't get to see that. Um, 
It was interesting. We played last. Yeah, we I saw that. Um, were the third to last band to go on. Period. It was us. I think bringing down Broadway. I feel bad. Wonder I used years. To know. And then the Wonder Years. And we were playing during the Wonder Years. That's kind of intimidating, especially just any punk band having to compete against the Wonder Years. That sucks. Yeah, right. Not not an enviable position. But also cool to bet you were on the same bill. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the Bloodfest bill this year was... was To be be a part of the last Bloodfest was just an honor enough. Yeah, it's really cool. Especially to have been on it two years in a row. Like I, I, I worked my ass off to make sure Fusion knew I was serious about that, and it seemed like they listened, and that was super cool of them to... To what give us what the kind shots of stuff did. went into that? Like making sure, like when you say making sure Fusion knew you're serious, like what all does that entail? Because as someone who like is just just getting a band started, sure. would really like the attention of Fusion shows at some point. Like it's, I'm just curious as to like how that all right kind of works. First of all, you don't need the attention. Seaholm is a very good example of that. Seaholm has played two Fusion shows now. We played one true Fusion show. Um where we were like opening for a bigger band and had a I had a bigger platform. Yeah. And they and then Seaholm just now played Sad Summerfest, but the thing is what you just got to do is just send it. Every show just send it. You just got to like make sure yeah. as many people as you know know about the show, make sure your performances are as tight as possible and make yourself like Unfortunately, the music industry is a very cold thing sometimes. And basically what you need to do is make yourself a reliable resource for something. Either it's be it ticket sales or performance or whatever have you. So, you know, that's that's kind of like Solemn Judgment is a very, very, very new band. And we knew that going into this tour. So we're just like, we just need to go hard as fuck and be very focused on our message. Yeah, yeah. Every single night. And we were, and we ran out of merch. Like people people identify with authenticity and bookers look at that reaction. So okay, yeah. just just go as hard as you can and like make sure people know about your shows and like eventually, you know, like they'll either give you an opportunity and then the bigger promoters anywhere will either give you the opportunity and then keep giving you the opportunities like they did with complainer or eventually you will have just been so consistently good at your job like yeah. home was that they have no choice but to put you on the massive festival that they just went through right right because because right. like who else who, who are they going to put in their spot that's going to bring as many people right or just like who's been like as consistently like you know reliable gotcha. and like there's a billion factors that go into everything. I mean, there's like, there's always going to be drama about what bands an industry plant or, or like who has rich parents or who's done yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, if you're yeah. bringing heads through the door and you put on a memorable performance. Never compare yourself to comparing. Like another, yeah. You know what I mean? That's one of the just, worst yeah. things you can possibly do. My, my, yeah, my, my most comforting realization was just realizing that the music industry is fucked, but we're not, but there's no shame in engaging in it. Oh yeah, because within that system, some really cool stuff can happen. I mentioned Jeff Rosenstock earlier. His old band was literally called Bomb the Music Industry, <laughs> like, and he eventually sort of softened on that because he was like, "Well, I want to, I want to see if I can work within the system, within my little niche that I've created." And it worked. He, yeah. they toured so hard and had so much success, they literally had to stop. 
I I don't know them personally, but it's just it, it eventually fucking worked, and they you know they 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 sold out these crazy ballroom shows, uh-huh. and it's just it's one of those things where if you are ultimately authentic, the other factors are kind of secondary. Like I I don't want to name any bands by name, so I won't. But there's a ton of those bands right now that are like getting these big followings that you go on any forum, yeah, people are gonna talk shit about it. And it's like, I mean, yeah, but they're still playing their asses off. A lot of these bands still played in basements and literally bled for their music. Like, what yeah. makes... Just because you're broke. Sorry, that doesn't make you better. Like, I'm broke. I figure out how to make my own way. Like... Yeah. Um, Because... Like, money won't get you all the way. I... I oh, no. grew like, up when in when I was first really starting in bands when I was like 18, there were a billion metalcore bands that were just buying onto tours and just thinking that was going to be enough. Not a single one of them is around now. Right. Um, when you say I, buying onto tours, like what do you mean by that? Oh boy. All right, we can just keep getting inside baseball on this. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just all gross shit. It's basically you spend, it's kind of, people have mixed feelings about it. I still don't love it where it's basically you give you you pay your guarantee up front uh, you can do that huh yeah hence the kids with rich parents yep yeah. so you pay your guarantee up front and then you just kind of go on this tour to make your money back ah uh, so it's the it's paid so, exposure it's almost like doing yeah, a frat <laughs> kind of but it's, but it's like it's, same sort of concept. but the thing is is there were there are bands uh that did that at first but they also worked their asses off to make sure their shows were great yeah yeah and made sure uh i i can't speak on authority of any of them but i feel like i heard about like bring me the horizon who's like one of the biggest rock bands in the world now yeah they started by just like getting on the biggest tours on a total fucking gamble but the thing is is they were utterly insane live and they had such great music that they made their money back and more, and now they're like just continuing making these moves. I just, it is called the music industry. Yeah. It's a business, ultimately. I that sounds really condescending, but it's. I don't know. I think there's. I I hope that there's a way to do both. I I operate very much on a like money isn't real. I don't. I take hardly anything, if anything, from Dragons Den shows. I yeah, yeah. I do it because I like seeing touring bands through and I oh like yeah giving, i'd always I like give up giving the money people to those in ypsilanti a place to go see shows yeah um i i enjoy giving people giving bands a good place to perform admittedly the basement is you know an unfinished ypsilanti basement with a dog so it's not the it's not the <laughs> nicest place on earth but it looks cool i gotta come play there speaking of which Oh uh, yeah, I'll get you on there. Through. I'll get you on there. I legitimately have had like most of the time it's Pat's company booking a show. Yeah. Um I book like now that I'm doing hardcore stuff, I might like foam pad the shit out of the whole basement and just like yeah, have that and uh maybe I'll start booking my own stuff, but at present it's a lot of just I don't like booking shows personally. Such a pain in the ass. It's just it's just not my favorite thing to do. I would rather just make sure the show goes really well. Yeah. Um well, especially when you have friends that have like like promotion companies almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like Church know. Street and on the way. Yeah. I just can like kind of just rely on them. Yeah. I, I, I put locals will hit bands will hit me up on tour all the time and nine times out of ten, unless I feel really good about it, I'll just pass it along to them. 
yeah. anyways. Um, and then just go say like, Hey, you want to just host it at my house? And we work it out. Like it's, it can be a symbiotic relationship. That's how I view the podcast. Honestly, yeah. like people hit me up sometimes they'll be like, Hey, uh, you know, I saw your, about your podcast on the DIY tour page, you know, uh, we'd love to come do it. Also, can you help us find a show? So I'll be like, all right, what day you want to be here? I'll book yeah. them on the podcast and then I'll send them to Pat or I'll send them to Mark. Yeah. You know, and definitely. I'm just like, that works. Oh, and if you need a band, I'll play it too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. It's like, I'm giving them something and I'm getting something. Absolutely. At the same time. And it always, I feel like I'm probably, I'd like to get to the podcast to the point where I feel like I'm giving back more than I'm getting to the band like the platform is big enough to where like they're actually getting something out of being on here instead of just doing me a favor and helping me grow the podcast right you know what i mean like because at, at first it, it definitely was just like a hey no one's really listening to this but just come do it on the off chance that people will start listening to well, it i mean and yeah then you I gotta can, start somewhere right yeah yeah and then like now like the bands that maybe did the first if they're savvy now that more people are listening they'll go back if you're one of the first five six bands that i did if I were you, I'd be going back and, and resharing the episode now that more people are listening. And not that there's a ton of people listening, but uh, a surprising amount of people listen. Yeah. Which is like fucking the weirdest That's thing in the world. Cool. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Uh, and I, I still don't, I don't listen to them. Like <laughs> I, I have the conversations. I, it hasn't been long enough for me to like be interested to go back and actually listen to it because I want to wait till it's like, okay, I've, I've certainly forgot everything we talked about. Okay, sure. And then, and then I'll go back because it's interesting because I remember most of the conversations for the most part. It's been like three and a half months. Yeah. So it's like nothing nothing I listened to is going to be like that entertaining for me because it's like I was there. Fair enough, yeah. But eventually I'll go back and listen to them and I'll probably like in a year or something, I'll probably start from the beginning. Right. And then just listen to all of them and then be like, yay, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. But no, it's 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 been cool. But yeah, I know what you mean as far as like the that's a that's a common theme that kind of comes up on here is like the the symbiotic relationship between like bands and other bands, like promoters and bands, just like any anybody in the scene like providing some sort of service for a band and like you know likewise vice versa. Yeah. Um. So, I guess what what kind of got you into uh, like touring? Like I'm everybody. You know, all of us are musicians. We started out like because we wanted to be a musician, whatever. But like, how did you actually real? When did you realize that like touring was a real possibility? Honestly, just sort of seeing who I knew outside of the state and just booking shows around it. Um, most of my first initial tours were pretty bad. Um. And it's still kind of a drain to book them, but it's just a lot of just like social bartering and like people I've met through the venue and just sort of going, I don't mind being in a car for hours and hours. Yeah. I like seeing new places. I like meeting new people. I like having nothing really backing what I'm doing besides just my live performance and maybe my record. Like, I'm not the most internet person. I just usually will say dumb shit about yeah ICP and blast beats or anime <laughs> blast beat or like <laughs> it's the best thing in the world. I just Mary Luca. 
But dude, I feel you. If if I didn't have to be on the internet, I would not be. I love the internet. It's just like I don't social media. I'm I'm not like like Twitter. I I just it it kind of depends because again, I've met I have all these people like that I can now keep in touch with because of social media. But it is very much just like the consistently needing to tweet sounds exhausting. But at the same time, if I'm if I like make an insane edit of someone's photo or there's a cat stuck in a cupboard and I want to take a picture and send it to my friend that I don't get to see that often, I'll do that. I yeah. just joined an internet band that's got one demo um, called Meth Gator <laughs> because in Florida, I, I think it's Florida, the uh, there was meth in the water stream. and so Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was so like a real friend, thing yep. from the police or whatever. Yeah, and so my friend, who I've never met in person, but we like just kind of talk on Twitter, uh, Chloe, designed a thing, an emblem, for Meth Gator, the band. <laughs> and I went, hey, so I'm going to write a song for Meth Gator. And they <laughs> went, great. This is a band now. Sweet. And it's a minute long, and it's really fucking stupid, but like... <laughs> It, it's a thing I'm going to be doing now and it Meth rules Gator. and it would literally not have happened if uh, we hadn't just incidentally followed each other on the internet. Yeah. And there's lot there's lots of dumb shit like that. Again, I mentioned see you next Tuesday. That's stuff like that happens on the internet all the time, which is like, we're going to do something really weird. and really dumb. I think it can turn into social climbing and social capital and a bunch of nonsense, but like, if you keep it to just giving everyone oversized foreheads and taking mm. pictures of weird animals and just yeah. being just... Oh, speaking of which, I need to take a photo of you before we done. So I'm probably yeah. just going to creepily do that. That's fine. But because I, I hate when I forget to take photos and then I have to use some shitty photo. That's but fair. I, I like to have the photo of the people in the fucking... Yeah, and in, in actually in the In shit. the studio slash bedroom. Mm. There we go. But... That. yeah my my thing with the internet is like yeah obviously like i wouldn't be doing this i wouldn't have any really success with the podcast if it weren't right. for that i just hate that like i have to post other things to in order to like the, the whole like staying relevant thing. oh yeah that's what i don't like i don't like needing it to stay relevant i don't that's like because like twitter like my band in a daydream by the way go fucking follow it people because i'm mm-hmm. tired of trying to get followers on twitter because that's the thing like i don't tweet but i feel like i have to because i feel like that's what the kids are doing you know i feel like the kids are on twitter and so that's where my band needs to be even though i have no interest in twitter like at all i like instagram instagram's cool i like using that and then like i auto share all my instagram posts to twitter like an old man who doesn't actually use twitter and like that's what my twitter feed is is a bunch of instagram posts (laughs) yeah you know and like i I keep forgetting when I play shows to tell people like, I don't know what the etiquette is or like what, how it's received when you're like playing a show and you're like, Hey, follow our Twitter or whatever. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I I mean? Like, I don't know how to get followers. I'm like that type of old man when it comes to these things, but I feel like I need to. The only consistent thing I've seen is just like be hot and funny, which is not helpful at all. But uh, that's all I've seen. And so it's like, Oh, I should be fucking swimming and fun. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) hot and funny yeah i mean honestly straight up like (laughs) you have 
a conventionally good looking cat and the fucking second fattest cat I've ever seen yeah. in person. Yeah. <laughs> Use that. I don't know. I'd, I'd yeah. follow you. I'd, I'd check in on your shit, see more of these two. Yeah, I need to get more. Uh, I need to get more retweets. I'll start. I'll just start paying people for retweets. You can also do that. But next I time mean, I interview Dogleg, I'll be like, "All right, I'll interview you. I'll let you like talk about your new album, but you have to retweet the next five. I mean, straight up, just make Dogleg or whoever like just hold your cats. Yeah, just, and then and then just tag them in it and be like, "I'm shamelessly posting." <laughs> the internet is a shameless place. Yeah, it like, is. It, it is a it place really to put, be. it's a place to stream of consciousness for a while and then put up pictures of your ass and it's the best place on earth. Yeah. Once in a while. I don't think I have any bare ass photos. I mean, there's definitely a photo of me bare assed out in the world, uh, um, but not, maybe not on the internet. My friend Carl might've put it on the internet. I don't really, without my knowledge. Yeah. I don't really bare ass that much. I'm like the thing, the fun thing about being trans is you have a very complicated relationship with your body. Yeah. So you kind of like I don't do that as either a bit. I it felt like doing myself a disservice to use like my body as a bit, and also like I'm not, but also like I don't know if anyone wants to see that. And like, power to you if you like want to share all that stuff on the internet. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know if my ass has been out on the internet. Generally, if people want to see it, they'll find a way to let you know. That I've, is also I've true. Found, I think it's funny, like when guys like in, in light of like the Me Too movement and stuff. Guys, some guys will act like. Well, they don't now. They don't know how to flirt with a girl or something. Well, that now means they you never knew in the first yeah, place. Exactly, exactly. I'm like, okay, so you never had game like yeah, at it's all. Like, it's like, well, <laughs> and I, yeah, it's just like, okay, if you're in light of women feeling empowered to call out rapists, exactly. you feel like you can no longer hit on women. How the fuck were you hitting on women? That's horrifying. What are you doing? That's horrifying. Like, are you just running up and just grabbing them and (laughs) running into your car? Like, that's never been okay. Yeah. Or guys complaining because, like, they can't cat call. I'm like, was that your strategy? I got... (laughs) Like, just to be, like, walking down the street and be like, what's up? Like, you know, like... Yeah, no. uh, That's your... That's like, your go-to. Yeah, like I'm. If it like, I'm <laughs> sorry, but if you got off on making feel women women feel unsafe, I hope you die never getting laid. Like yeah, that's, that's fine by me. That's a good thing. Yeah, like Ugh. it's like, and yeah. I'm I'm fine with it too. Like, yeah, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm fine with them like having those questions and not knowing how to do it because it just makes it easier for regular people. Yeah, just or like just well adjusted sane people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like it's easy to make a girl think that you're fucking normal just by not doing outlandishly stupid things it's always the saddest shit it was always the saddest thing in the world when you're like out with someone and they're like you're so respectful it's like i have been making absolutely zero effort yeah to be extra yeah. respectful like i'm just, just not a crazy person yeah or like not an asshole basically. yeah just like i don't know but Everybody's, I guess, like, I don't know. I, I'm sure, I've, though, I'm saying that and I fucked up enough, but it's still just, I, God, fucking, I like think that everyone I'm around is well adjusted. And then I go to some punk houses and some frats that I won't name. And it's just like, I remember seeing something and some drunk dude literally like walked in, saw that the lead vocalist of the band was a girl and yelled, Take your top off. And it's like, You exist? How? Wow. How are you here? And that's like, and it was just like and, at a time where like, I was what like social exhausted. Is that and a it, good one? Yeah. And in, in what world is that like 
Yeah. It's like and, being the guy yelling free bird, which is like more harmless. You yeah. Know what I mean? no, but like, it's, it's not it's, funny. It's not. It's a. I'm waiting for that to be funny again. I'm waiting for just dumb dad yeah, jokes. That, that's actually not over. a very good example because I've been that guy, but like, that I, get, I, I, get anybody, I get what you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, you're just like, you, you make this, you, you have the same intelligence of just yelling gibberish, gibberish, but also what if she heard you? Like what's going to happen there? Like if more people have heard you, you would have just gotten your shit rocked, but it was just me and two other people, and we all turned around. Was like, did that just happen? And then we looked around, and none of us knew what he looked like. Yeah. And it was like a weird basement winding thing, and he just kind of took off into the show area. <laughs> Take your top off. Take your top off. Fucking so gone. So I cannot like, see what? it because I'm down the hall. <laughs> yeah, literally, he was literally in a hallway because I was going to take a piss where this venue was, and I was just like, I can't even be like pissed at the venue owners for not doing anything because this guy was just like a perverted ghost. Yeah. It was just like... Like, don't you want to see the result to see if she listened to you? And uh, hopefully, to- well, he went forward like, like he like was either being a dick or had a purpose. Either way, he was still there, and it's just like you exist out in the world, and like, yeah, that's, that's just- kind of yeah, and that's just like that, and that's sort of why anyone who's seen me at a Dragons Den show, I'm sort of just like this fucking satellite it's just because like gotta be vigilant just make sure you know make sure cops aren't showing up make sure everyone's comfortable you know like i've only dealt with a small handful of people who are way too fucked up but like if those yeah. people are too fucked up um you know making sure nothing's broken right. um making sure the dog is still in the living room like just like it's, there's just like a million things to handle but then i also have to make sure everyone is like feeling safe like we've had two almost fights in the three-year history of the den and both of them one of them happened before i lived there the second one was handled immediately and it was still just like if i hadn't been right there like who knows what would have happened right so you just you have to be hyper vigilant i feel like especially if you have shows on a regular basis because it only takes like one incident that goes like unaddressed yep. that could give you a bad reputation yep. that spreads like fucking wildfire. Oh yeah, and as it should, honestly, because yeah. if you don't address a bad situation, that makes you a dick. Yeah, that makes you an apologist for that behavior. That if you, uh, yeah, like, like, you know, the stand by your boys nonsense, notwithstanding that happens in a lot of these scenes, like, just you should be responsible and you should like be receptive to criticism i'm like pretty consistently trying to figure out like what i can do better i uh it's a long shot but i'm trying to build some way to get people in wheelchairs down my stairs because it's a basement venue oh yeah that'd Um, be cool it uh, it's going to i think we may literally need to construct a conveyor belt they have those. They're probably shit ton of money. They are though. so because probably Medicaid probably pays for it. Yeah, exactly. They are very yeah. very expensive. So we're trying to build like a utility lift, pulley um, system, maybe ropes, maybe um, or just a big just, dude. But just <laughs> you know, down. like I I don't use any strobes. I try to shut down. I try to actively shut down any venue I play at that uses strobes. Um, yeah, because Ellie, I talked to Ellie from Lead DIY. Yep. She was she was on here one time and she was telling I'll me, bet. yeah, like when I was at uh, Sword Fest. She was oh, there yeah. and she came on. We talked for like 10 minutes or so. And she told me the whole spiel. And like, uh, 
I thought it was really cool. Like I had a buddy who, who passed away from uh, complications with epilepsy and everything. Yeah. So I was just like, oh wow, someone's actually paying attention to this. Yeah, you know, Ellie, I, Ellie does really important work. Um, I'm surprised sh- it took this long for someone to do it. Honestly, well, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, it just it like it 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 takes a lot of it takes a lot out of you to be such a pointed activist. Yeah, and I mean. <laughs> There. Speaking of Twitter, there was literally this 16-year-old who nobody knows who they were. Nobody knows what they did. I've, I haven't really kept up on them. I think they got banned. That literally made an account called Strobes Are Okay and went on this t- fucking targeted tirade. And it was just absolutely insane. And everyone had... And it was a very interesting... Exa- it was a very interesting time because it was like we don't want to crucify this person and harass them but like also what the fuck are you doing trolling yeah and just like that so to answer the question why it took so long is is it took someone brave enough to pretty much know that this was inevitably going to happen and to ellie's credit she was tough as shit through the whole thing like yeah she was very well composed and very professional and definitely like if this comes back to her i hope it i hope that translates as like that was they she was nothing but like I don't know if I would be that well composed if someone was coming after my neck like that. Yeah. Um, it's also, it's like, and you I just, like you have to be, you have to be better than people. Yeah. Cause those people will tire themselves out. You know what I mean? Banned. Yeah. Like and, trolls. Like if you just like, if you don't take the bait, because that's what they want you to do. They want you to get like more emotional and they want you to like make a fool of yourself. Bring, they're trying to bring you down to their level. So all you got to do oh, is just 100%. You know, it's just don't take the bait and eventually like i said they'll tire themselves out. yeah exactly like you just um yeah people because i and you tire themselves out or shut it down again i've had some conversations with people and i just go like do i even know you like what and just like my favorite thing for trolls in the internet is literally asking them why are you doing this right explain to me why you're doing this and they never have a good answer and then if or if they do then you move forward with like the okay let's understand each other but nine times out of ten they're just being dumb and shitty and yeah you know intelligence has nothing to do with a person's worth but at the same time if you've tried to explain yourself and they choose to just like just dig their heels in and be a dumbass. Then fuck them. At the end of the day, just yeah. I, I I tend to agree. I just I, t- I mean I remember it's thinking hard that trolling was funny <laughs> when I was like oh, well, I'm not never not trolled, but like well, there's a difference between like trolling Republicans who think the Earth is flat or whatever, and trolling somebody or, or like trolling people who are like overt racists. You know what I mean? Like trolling them is fun. Like, um, like when people are like online, like, like hardcore, not to get too political, but like, there's like the hardcore, like far right Trump supporters right. who are like, just like kind of just bad people, like morally, just like, they're fun to troll because it's like, yeah. okay. But when you're, when someone has just like a good intention, like what Ellie was doing or something, any, uh, comparable person to that, like, yeah, and you're gonna well, troll. You're gonna choose them to troll. Like, no, they're not hurting anybody. Well, they're just trying to do a good thing, and that's who you're gonna go after. It's like, come on. Sorry. Oh, that I, dude, that thing's a piece of shit. I don't. Really oh, I know, that, but, but the cat is really focused on it, and it's oh. really, really enjoyable. Look Anyways, up. um, 
So yeah, I mean the the idea there's the idea of punching up versus punching down, and it's yeah. it's, it's where it's where good comedy is, where good punk music. It's supposed to lie in punching up. It's supposed to be yeah. making fun of people who are actively trying to hurt other people. That's why it's like yeah, exactly, like exactly dunking on people like Ben Shapiro, who are like or like all these yeah like these far right libertarian dumbasses who are just like actively trying to make these people worse or like like all that like facts don't care about your feelings bullshit using it to be like openly transphobic or hating on poor people right yeah make fun of them like call them virgins like fuck them but like when people are (laughs) like but like these genuine activists who are just trying to feel safe in a scene they love and like you're like dunking on them and making them feel shitty about themselves it's like yeah man fuck you no you're also being lazy because you're attacking a vulnerable yeah population it's like people act like they're exhausted by people just trying to be safe like oh these social justice warriors right like, uh, yeah i'm like yeah there's definitely people like i've like i kind of referenced before that like make it their job to become offended on behalf of people just so yeah. they can virtue signal and just be obnoxious and show everyone what a good person they are that's annoying as fuck but when there's people who are genuinely trying to just make a more level playing field for everybody that's yeah. and you're gonna come down on that it is lazy as shit and mm-hmm. it's just like not really that yeah. you're not putting a lot of thought into anything <laughs> right you've gotta like like I said the internet is a wonderful place if you don't take it too seriously and I think that's the harm we're in now is these people will get so up in arms about stuff and it'll be misguided and won't want to have conversations and would um some of it's survival for sure like you want to feel safe in a space you've created for yourself so you need to shut people out but it kind of can it it can turn into a lot of like weird don't tread on me garbage that just is kind of scary yeah i used to make memes well, one of the memes I did make back in the day was like the Gadsden flag, like the the snake, the don't yep. try to me flag. Please but no stab I just made it say like, don't make me read instead. <laughs> and that, I was really proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike actually uh, reminded me of the best one, which was the Gadsden flag with a snake had really big anime eyes and it just said, please no steppy. I think about that one. <laughs> Every time I start hearing about state rights, I just imagine an anime snake just begging oh uh, not states, to be stepped states on. Rats. States rats. I mean, again, and I my, go to what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and remember, I I I went to fucking Milan High School. Oh fucking, yeah, dude. Uh, mm. How many people were in your graduating class? Do you I know? don't actually know. Uh, so I joined an early college program as soon as I could and stopped talking to everyone. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> And then also, uh, I'm like relatively sober now, but was also just on shit tons of uh, speed and pot as much as I could. So I don't remember high school. Oh, I got you. Straight up. I remember there was a death core thing and then I graduated. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely have my experimental phases. I'm like kind of. Oh, there was nothing experiment about it. I was trying to disappear. Oh uh, yeah, I got you. I know what you mean. Like I was, I was the type of kid. Like once, I it was weird. I did this one eighty. Like I used to be. I would like look down on my friends for smoking pot. I was like a straight A student. Like I never started getting bad grades really. But like I, uh, when I turned sixteen, like I smoked pot and finally, and everything changed. Yep. Then I became the biggest druggie, like one of the bigger druggies out of all my friends. Like anything that would change my like 
anything that would change like my mental makeup i was like i'm about it yeah you know and i didn't know what necessarily i was trying to escape but then you know therapy you figure it out <laughs> and yeah you know. exactly i uh i've been to three different therapists now and uh shout out tree town for who's been actually sticking with me this time but yeah all, it's always been a lot of way more intense because it's always like you've been smoking cigarettes or smoking pot you need to go to a therapist and then they're like so why yeah. do you want to kill yourself and it's like, <laughs> oh you could really just when because when you're 16 you think you know right, you think you're right, slick. right 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 and like adults can always see through you but a lot of them get hung up i think a lot of especially like christiany parents and adults get hung up on the wrong things yeah. but then i don't know if you have a clear memory of this but like the first time as a teenager meeting a well-rounded adult who can still just totally cut you through oh yeah it's intense who an adult who goes like i don't care that you get fucked up sometimes why are you sad it's mm. like you just like go i'm seen but also fuck you yeah don't yeah. call me out like that god yeah yeah, I think like the reaction I had to that was more of a, just more like an emotional breakdown. I'm like, oh, I was yeah. more of a crier, you know. <laughs> I'm uh, like, oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I oh, make I will. my family disappointed. Um, uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm not much of a crier. Um, it's, oh, dude, I'm terrible. I, like, <laughs> I cry oh, I wish I could. I do this weird thing where I just kind of like lock up and I get very quiet, and uh, very okay. like zone out and zone into everything. My uh, yeah. uh I was in this terrible relationship a couple of years ago and um, I think it might've been, I don't remember who it was, but someone would just like, I guess when me and this part person would fight, were fighting, they would like see that person's subtweets, see my, maybe I might react to it on the internet. Uh, and then we yeah. would like have practice or hang out. And I would just be like mumbling and they would just go like, any normal person would be like crying uh, and you're just like, just instead you're just like a zombie for like five hours uh, i get it um, maybe it's like a defense mechanism especially yeah. if you're like a really intense person yeah that's exactly what it is it's just a compo it's a complete emotional crash dump but i think that's where a lot of like the way i play drums and you know like the like that's full, the outlet sort of and thing. like the full body motion that went into a uh, complainer and just like punk music in general it's very much i think a lot of uh, I uh, a lot of punk and hardcore and emo music is emotionally stunted people actively figuring it out yeah. to rhythm. Did you ever do any uh, any pre-show rituals, anything to psych yourself up, or like was there a process to get yourself into that mindset? Uh, obviously, it's a lot different from how you're doing right now. You know what I mean? At, honestly, no, because of my theater background. Okay, it's you could just, just turn of, it on and it's off. It's just a switch. It's yeah. just an immediate switch of just like. You just kind of it's it's so much easier to just make yourself as loose and I and I tell every front person this, and I hope they listen to me. Um, yeah. just make yourself as loose as possible and just fall in. Don't yeah. think about it. You're either gonna look sweet or it's gonna be funny. Just fall yeah. in. You're fine. Did it ever feel uh disingenuous? Did you always feel like you were being yourself, or did you ever feel like you were putting on a show because that was the that was what the moment called for? Oh, it can occasionally feel disingenuous, especially um, on tour. It can feel a little bit like, alright, gotta gotta send it. Right. Um, like, I almost feel like on tour, I'll let you keep going, but like, I almost feel like I've never been like on a like a far away playing show. I almost feel like I'd be more free, because no one knows who the fuck you are. 
it's like less social judgment worrying you know what i yes, mean yes but it's there it's more of a physical thing okay it's more of a like um your your uh like so like this last one and this wasn't even actually an example of it but for example we drove from corpus christi texas to panama city florida which is a 12-hour drive that's the longest drive we did that drive starting at 10 p.m ish in corpus christi and did not get to panama city until like three in the afternoon oh shit dude (laughs) oh man and then we played a show (laughs) wow and it was hype it was awesome like it was it was a really really good experience but definitely um there was leading up to that show like yeah just just it's about the physical energy I got um, you. There was one time there was a complainer show in Buffalo, New York, where it was just like Buffalo is a very cool punk town. We were not playing one of the cool punk shows particularly. And it felt very fratty and it was just like I was oh. kind of like feeling weird and I was just like, "You know what? Fuck these people." And it just like it it ha- it sometimes so sometimes I've had, I've had to actively turn that switch, but it's either through anger or excitement. That's cool. Uh, the last complainer show was kind of that same deal of just like kind of deep breath. Everybody ready? We start the song off and I turn around and I start screaming as loud as I can that Scott is dead. Yeah. And we uh, and we rip it. And um, a couple of people said it was, you know, like that somebody wrote very, you know, there were tons of very very complimentary things that's cool yeah people were calling it a highlight and i think you know whether or not that's true whether or not they were just being nice like at the very least people stayed like that was the thing yeah yeah like no one was leaving to go see the wonder years i know some people that like missed most of the wonder years set to watch our set and that's crazy right right that's pretty cool the one like these are people one of these people may have even had a fucking tattoo one of my oldest friends missed my band to see the wonder years and I don't blame him for it. But then there were people that didn't leave and it's like, maybe it's cause we just like sent it and uh, yeah. it can be hard. Like I, I, uh, you know, I, I've had a huge ensemble of musicians that I've played with and sometimes it's just really easy to get in your head. But like when you relax and you just hang out, like uh see Holmes, old bassist Connor. Yeah. Wild man of a performer plays the bass, like Paul McCartney, like, yeah yeah he's like doing spin moves and dancing around and just like he's so much and it's so much fun to watch and he's also an objectively good bass player yeah but it was that the performance was such the cool thing and it's just very much just like not letting yourself get in the way that's that's been my biggest problem so far like Uh, i've been getting more out of my shell but like every time like i noticed in the most recent example is luther fest like i played and like there are moments when I really got into it and I was like jumping around and stuff, but like I, I'm so self-conscious and I'm getting over it slowly, but like, it's like, there's this weird rigidity, rigidity where I'm just like, yeah, I can't let myself somehow. I'm not letting myself move around as much as I want to yeah. and, and feel it as much as I want to. Like I'm, I'm yet to like achieve that flow state where everything it, is just it does take a while uh for sure and i mean i 
Planner had some bad shows too, and like I also would like occasionally wear like sunglasses on stage and shit. Just oh to, like, yeah, actually I often wear sunglasses on. Yeah, stage. those big white ones, right? Uh, I right. broke those. Oh okay, but I have like ten more pairs. <laughs> uh, and you just like whatever you got to do. Like my thing is like I would occasionally make eye contact with people and it would fuck me up. But like put sunglasses on, no one knows what's going on. Yeah. No one knows what's going on. I almost feel like for me, I almost would have to like create a persona or something to like get. Um, some people do lots of yeah, people do yeah and I've, I've been thinking more and more about it especially now that i'm trying to do some stand-up comedy and like that is a lot yeah. of a lot about creating a persona i'm like well if i can try to create a persona for that mm-hmm. why can't i do it for music you know because like i, yeah. I definitely don't want to like i have this thing where in my day-to-day life i just am normal and like i don't i mean i can crack a joke or whatever but like i'm not the type of person who's gonna try super hard to stand out yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it comes to music, it's it's counterproductive not to be that way. Right, at least you know? give, give yourself something. Um, yeah. So I'm just, I'm in the process of trying to figure out what the hell that is. Because, like, the music's super emotional. Like, it's super, like, I get super into it. My eyes are closed half the fucking time. But, like, yeah. I need to find a way to, like, engage the engage, yeah. engage the crowds more. Yeah, I, I, but, I mean, that being said, not everyone needs to be crazy person. I mean, right. <laughs> no one's going to say, like... I don't know, like fucking metric or Paramore. Well, no, Paramore is actually pretty crazy, but like there are plenty of like pop bands that like aren't running around and going crazy, yeah. but they're like very engaging live. Uh, one of my favorite performances for a long time and is uh, was Smash Mouth. Oh, okay. Their songs are goofy. I I'll actually I am a Smash Mouth apologist very thoroughly. That is. <laughs> But they just—they were just having fun, and they were moving around, and they were engaging with their stuff, and they were just kicking it hard. But like, their 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 lead vocalist isn't jumping around. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, <laughs> he's just like he's just kicking it. He's just being like you. Just if you're visibly having fun, that takes you a very long way. I, you I know, think that is that is a thing. That is a just, key. Like I think people get very caught up. Like since I've interacted with the younger musicians, they get very caught up with uh, playing the songs well, but not so much having fun. Yeah, uh, there's this band, and I'm I'm going to be committing a DIY cardinal sin. This band, Swordfish, they did not perform well at first, but they always had fun. Okay, they were a sloppy fucking party band. Boy, were they fun to watch because they were just enjoying the shit out of themselves. It wasn't until they went into the studio with Nick Diener and like actually sat and tightened up that everyone also went, oh, these songs are also great. This isn't just a really fucking fun band of people we all love. Yeah. Um, I didn't know they recorded with Nick Diener. Yeah. That's what I'm working with right now, too. Oh, word. He's yeah. Great guy. Uh, yeah, he's cool as fuck. He's yeah. got like the perfect life. <laughs> he's got like, he's got his mini me now. Like he's I've, kid's so cute. Have you met him? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I went out there. I've done two days so far Okay, on like a, we're doing like a three or four song EP. Yeah. That's going to take fucking forever because I'm broke, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I really, I, uh, I, um, I've, I've done, Seaholm was lucky enough to play the apology tour album release show. And, uh, I am pushing very hard for solemn judgment to do some stuff with wounded touch oh yeah because um 
uh, you know, Solemn Judgment has a cool thing where we don't talk about it, but we've all been in bands forever. Yeah. So we have just all these friends and, uh, right. Our, my first show with Solemn Judgment Wounded Touch was on, but then their drummer had a wedding. So Nick, uh, if you're listening for some reason, we need to make this happen. I would love to get Nick Talk on here, by the way. He's got a studio. You could fly yeah, in. Yeah. I think the I next... just listened to his podcast doing lead singer syndrome. Yeah. And he's done noise creators too. Yeah. Um, I listened to both. Actually, before I went to record with him, I listened to both of his noise creators episodes because I wanted to figure out if he had any pet peeves or like things like well, things not to do as like someone going to play. Sure. And it was, it was, you did way more, intri- you did way more homework than I did. I just went in there. Yeah. I've, I had also met him a handful of times. Um, I will warn so We you. went to the same high school for a minute, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. He graduated from Linden. Yeah. And that's yeah, where yeah. he, he went there his senior year. And yeah. He went to Fenton before I, I went all four years at Linden. Okay. So like we had that in common. That's so fun. we kind of talked about that at first, but yeah. the first time I really met him, met him was in eighth grade. When like oh. the, the swellers were fucking like gods in Linden because they I'm were sure. he was a senior and they were just started doing all their touring and stuff and we went over to the the high school to do like uh, a tour and then Nick Diener was one of the kids in the classroom that we went to and I just knew who he was I was like oh my god it's Nick Diener and then like that was the only time I ever met him before what going to record with him so I I told him that story and it was just funny. He's such he's such a down to earth guy. He's he is so cool, so pleasant. I interviewed him once for a Warp Tour piece that never came out, and he just. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was like, "Yeah, so I've got like a half hour drive, so you know we'll get into it." I think he sat in the parking lot of wherever he was at for like 25 minutes, just like talking to me about like old punk roots and stuff. Because he, yeah, because I, I I will I I meant I. I again I'm in this weird age in between with, and also with my experience where it's just like I interact with a lot of older punk guys and he is one of those people as well as like him uh the Dean both Diener brothers him three week old roses um I'm sure there's more but like those are the, the I sense the Deaners meeting three week old roses these guys that really are just doing their absolute best to keep with it yeah and uh ironically it's always been straight edge people yeah. Every person I've ever met who's older than me, but also as activated and really trying to be with it and like making sure they like really actually understand um like what the punk scene is all about these days, even if it's not fully their speed. Yeah. They've always been sober. And that's like I uh recently decided to sort of explore sobriety a little bit. Yeah. Not full straight edge, but just like not leaning towards alcohol as much again no shade anywhere but right i think it's because a lot of people i look up to um don't really i can really i can really relate with that a lot like i barely drink at all like i i I turn down alcohol i loved drinking i oh man (laughs) i turn it down on a regular basis now though like i i used to drink quite a bit and i never had like quite the love affair with it but like i would drink a lot just because i was in college and stuff but nowadays i just i stopped myself from i sometimes i'll have like one but like i stopped myself from having one a lot because i'm like why would i want to have one like miller light Mm -hmm. you know like what's the point of this yeah if you know and like i don't really like being drunk anymore because i don't like the loss of control right yeah i'm very much trying to treat it as a more culinary experience so it's like yeah. Maybe like a glass of bourbon or something yep. where it's just like, it's a full feeling, but it's not really getting drunk. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Or like a really like a craft cocktail or something. I'll yeah. Or like, like, or like, or like a craft beer. Cause, um, 
uh, that that's like a thing yeah for sure yeah. but yeah i don't know just like this was the first tour i was on where i was sober the entire time i had one sip of a hard seltzer in tampa where halfway through tour i was like maybe i'll have a beer you know like yeah we knew a lot of the bands playing um it was a really good time like it was we were just which we is everyone was like on kind of this emotional high and i was like maybe i'll have a beer yeah i had one sip of my bassist's drink just to try it and i tasted the alcohol and as soon as the like that alcohol hit the back of my throat I went i'm gonna get a water yeah i don't need yeah. this right and especially so, like i feel like uh i've been on seltzer you and i might be able to relate because i i can you know I, you have like that that inner motor i feel like i definitely have a lot of that too where it's like if you're just like an energetic person in general it almost is like do i really want to take this away from myself well here's the thing um before yes i used to be again body dysmorphia i'm realizing i was happiest when i was unaware of my body oh okay like um when i'm aware of my body is usually when i'm uncomfortable but lately you know i've been i've been working out four days a week since january oh okay and like a lot like um not po- fully power lifting, but I'm not just like going for a run. Like I'm trying to lift weights. I'm trying. Yeah. To, Such I'm, a good thing for your mind. Yeah. To do that. I, I've had a running joke for a while that I'm going to become the gay Terminator. I just want to get a gun. <laughs> I want to be able to get a gun and bench my body weight. The gay Terminator. That's funny. Well, um, got to start wrapping it up. Yeah, I think, absolutely. I have to pee real bad. Yeah, I gotta so pee let's do too. it. Um, real quick. Do you want to just uh any social medias anything you want to plug uh yeah sure so my social media is nugs for christ uh nugs number four christ (laughs) i literally said i would not start twitter again if that handle wasn't available and it was so i kept it um and then let me not fuck this up nugs for christ um so once again uh solemn judgment is the band i am kind of whole hog in for now but if you follow my personal stuff you'll see a lot of nonsense don't forget about meth gator oh yeah <laughs> meth gator meth gator 2020 at the very least but uh solemn judgment uh hc all one word okay for our uh social media as well we just dropped uh a record your move um we're writing next week for something we don't know but we all got up but we'll be we're gonna be around uh when does this come out uh monday monday yep all right so august 1st we're playing at the sanctuary in uh with crafter dog ears deeper graves and there was another band that just got added. I am the absolute worst. What, August 1st? August 1st, uh, Death of Self. So August 1st at the Sanctuary, uh, Dog Ears, Deeper Graves, Us, Crafter, and Death of Sleep. Message me the the bill for that, and I'll put it at the beginning of the episode, too. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the end of the month, um, on the 24th, we're playing with Mutilatred, Livid, and Skin Carver, also at the Sanctuary. And then after that, um, we're not doing anything until September 13th and 14th, where we're playing No Stress Fest Sweet. at the Sanctuary, which the all the proceeds from that show 
um, because the Trumbull Flex is a house as well, get to go to a uh, women's shelter. Oh, that's cool. Um, other than that, I don't think we have anything going on in the state that's been announced, but uh, please listen to your move. It's such a meaningful record. I'm barely a part of it, but I've been, it's been burned into my head, and I think it's... Yeah. I, I want it's I think I mentioned important angry hardcore and uh yeah I'll stand by it um complainer and uh see complainer everything from complainers on Spotify and I drummed on see Holmes I thought it'd be funny and the live record that's kicking around uh that see Holmes had been putting out so if you want to hear what I sound like even if I'm not actively doing it anymore that's also there cool all righty. Thanks for, if you made it this far into the episode, you're a fucking trooper. Come give me a high five. Yeah, I talk right. a lot. <laughs> Thanks for listening, people.